our culture is very different. We're small, we're a family. We consider ourselves a family. When you have people who come out of where maybe in some of the other companies you're a number and they come into us and they really take ownership. Welcome to the Big Time Podcast, where we have honest conversations with industry professionals who have advice that's right for you. As former engagement leaders at a big four accounting firm, Lori Richards and Michael White knew from experience that too often these large firms would push solutions where none were needed. They saw an opportunity to better serve the needs of clients. So they founded Cooper Richards, an IT and financial risk management firm. On this edition of the Big Time Podcast, Lori and Michael discuss the challenges in building a new firm, including finding those first clients, recruiting partners, and staying competitive. Welcome. I'm your host, Alexander. I'm excited to be joined by today by my guests, Lori Richards and Michael White, partners at Cooper Richards, an IT and financial risk management consulting firm. Started in 2008, now a team of 19. Welcome. Good to have you both on. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Now, I'd love to dig in just to begin going back, <laughs> maybe just from the beginning of the concept of the firm. Help me understand what was what did you guys set out to to solve for your customers? What are you known for? Um, I think from the beginning, honestly, we are all ex um, big four. Um, we had all worked it within there at various levels, and so coming out of that. We know we had a great idea of what our clients needed, but sometimes are limited by a overall national kind of firm methodology. So I think from a from our perspective, starting this was really to be able to deliver to our clients um, products and things that we knew they needed, not necessarily pushing things that that they didn't. So I think really focusing in on client need was and in, in the controls arena. Yeah, I mean, I joined, I, I joined, uh, you know, Lori and Marty about five years ago, a little over five years ago, but it's some, some similar things. I mean, I think what, you know, I was looking for the opportunity to um, kind of be an owner, kind of be, you know, to have responsibility for helping grow a firm and uh, to be able to do things the way I would like to do them. And I thought they should be done. And similar to Lori, just being able to have the the flexibility and freedom to operate in our market or markets uh, and deliver services in the way we'd like to and not be under necessarily having to follow the guidance or directions of folks outside of that market, you know, so having more, you know, definitely feeling like, hey, we're closer to the ground here. We know what's going on. We can do this and do it well um, and not have to deal with, uh, and I have to deal with some of the, the oversight from other places. I think, too, bringing in people who have had some past experiences. So some of our hires are coming out of Big Four. It's a very different culture. We, we, do, we do very, very similar work, but, it, but our culture is very different. We're small. We're a family. We consider ourselves a family. When you have people who come out of where maybe in some of the other companies you're a number, and they come into us, and they really take ownership and really – um, care for the company, then they then they are doing exactly what Mike is saying in managing, helping manage down, helping improve, helping communicate, which makes our lives so much easier. And we can put them on an engagement by themselves and just say, okay, run, run with this one, 
you know. Now yeah. for you, actually going back to the beginning, taking that leap to start your own consulting business, what made you do that? I, I vividly, honestly remember driving home on my last day, leaving PwC going, what in the heck did I just do? I left a very, very good job. <laughs> and I have no clue if this is going to work. Um, and that was actually in 2002 when we very first started the initial company. But um, it really, truly for me was offering clients what they need, not, you know, really having a lot more flexibility in my level to make decisions on what we can and cannot offer. We don't sign opinions, which is very different from where we came from in PwC. You're much more, they're much more restricted. They have a lot more, you know, guidelines, guidelines that they have to follow. We are here to support the companies that we help. And so it's much, that's why I did it is because I really love the work I do. I just wanted to be more of a consultative. I'm here to help you kind of, um, instead of just audit, you know, just audit for an, uh, for an opinion kind of thing. So I liked the helping part. More control uh, comes with more responsibility and to mm -hmm. the paycheck comes based off of the, 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 the projects you, you're able to bring in and bid. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on to that whole conversation there, I'm just curious, how did you, from the for first clients that you started to work with, how did you bid and, and get those first jobs? Um, honestly, a lot of it still was word of mouth. Um, some of the true bidding processes that we've gone through, most of it has been, you know, our, I think our strong suit is when we, we get a call from somebody, they have a need, we can actually sit in front of them and let's, let's talk through this. Let's work together. What, you know, and work out that path of how can we help you? How can we utilize your people? How can we make this a better process for you? And so that's really what our strength is, I think, in, in that we pull from a lot of experience between the three of us. And, and when we meet with people who are looking for services, that's kind of the better. We're not a big flashy presentation, create a whole big rollout of a slide deck. We don't, we don't do a lot of that. But um, for those clients that we've had to do true RFP type responses, it still has been, you know, we will create those presentations and, and have those from a calls, you know, and compete against some of these other local firms. Um, again, it comes down to combat compatibility and personality, um, really sitting with those leads who are making the decisions and, and just having a conversation about what their needs are, very frankly. And there have been proposals or people who have come to us and we will just honestly say, you know what, that we aren't the best pick for you, but we can refer you to somebody who is the good resource, you know? So we're very honest in that if, if we're not the good fit for them, we're not gonna push it through either, so. Going from, let's say 10, 10 people, or five, 10 people, and then getting up to 19, there's, there's, a, there's a change that happens as, as the company mm -hmm. continues to grow. What would you say is some of the uh, lessons learned there or maybe the hires that have made the biggest impact in this growth? Yeah, I think. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> I think some of the hires that have made, I think some of the hires that have made a big impact for us oh. are folks who've kind of been able to come in and provide kind of a, let's call it a middle management level. I mean, folks that can, where we're able to start to leverage and, um, delegate some responsibilities for client relationships and, and client team engagement and engagement type things. 
I think that's enabled us. That's definitely helped, right? So it's not all on the three partners to be able to find some of those folks that are um, that have those good skill sets that can can lead a, a team. You know, where it's not all on the three of us. I think I think that's helped. That's helped from a growth. That certainly helped from a growth perspective, especially as we went from let's say ten to nineteen. Um, Lori, Marty, and I would not survive if we didn't have some of those key hires in that growth path. The, the, the concept of the mentality that you have, you're like, I'm, I'm internal, I'm here, I'm part of your company, and that accessibility, but also the, the trust that they trust you. Uh, you've built that trust, which is you can say, hey, I'm trustworthy, but somehow you've been able to do it over time. You just wear them down saying, hey, you can trust me. I'm curious, so like, can you think of a, an example uh, or, or a circumstance where one of your clients was wrong and you had to, uh, how do you work with them and went through a circumstance when they're saying something, but it's not right. And you're having to then work through that. I mean, that does happen. That happens often. It may not just be the whole client. It may be a specific process owner or control owner or something along those lines. But I think in the instances where I've seen it happen, um, where, I know what is needed from a control perspective. I know what is needed from a, you know, documentation, but getting that communicated across, I think from my perspective, it's just the continued um, discussion of, you know, show me what you're thinking. Now let me explain to you why, not why it's wrong necessarily, because I'm not going to throw back in somebody's face. Well, you're just wrong. That's a contentious type, you know, <laughs> but, but if you go in and say, well, this is what, I would expect, and this is why, and bring in experiences that we have and show, you know, this is not just my opinion, but let me give you some background on why my opinion is here and the experiences I've had or evidence of where this has worked or not worked at other situations. I think when we have that and given the, the years of experience that Mike has, Marty has, and I have, we do have that to build on, to bring in and have those discussions and help them get through the understanding that this we're not just saying it because we like it this way. We're saying it because we have reason. <laughs> How would you say the way you manage the business has evolved from the first time when you began it to where you are now, knowing that you have a larger team that you're working with? I'll start off with Lori and then we'll go to Mike. Okay. Um, yes, it's very different. When we started, I think we, we at one point it was four of us total. Um, so it is much different now. I think... I think in, you know, at the beginning, it was very much listening to, okay, what does the client need? What does the client need? Now, as you get bigger, I have to look at very much both sides, right? I have to look at what is my, what do my employees need? Are, are they also getting treated well? Because there are, there are instances where we do need to push back on the client and say, hey, you know, we're going to run it this way and I need, you know, so I think as you get bigger and we get wonderful people working for us, we also need to focus and take care of them as well as our taking care of our clients so that not only are we sticky on the client side, but we're sticky on the staff side. So we like, we, I want, I think that's probably my, what I would notice coming from it being back at the very beginning when there was just four of us to now when we've gone up to even over 20 at times when we bring other people in is really caring for both sides. Micah, is there anything for, for where you've seen of, I guess it's part of it's coming from the big four, then coming into the firm, but then continue to grow from there. Um, 
how have you seen it evolve in your own role change over time? You know, I think it's evolved more, um, again, as we've, we've gotten some good people that we trust to help kind of lead, you know, the direct management or supervision can kind of, you can kind of step can play a little higher level role. I mean, so that has evolved over time since I've joined, um, you know, I think, you know, we've realized and have learned some things about given the nature of our, our work, um, you know, there's some project management capabilities that need to, and, and skill sets that need to be exist on each team. And, and whether that's just, hey, tools of, you know, how to build kind of a, a tracker or, or some type of tracking mechanism to kind of, hey, here's here are the tasks or the activities, who's on point for these, what is our deadline and our due dates, um, and just getting folks, you know, being more formal about that than I think we may have been previously. When you're small, you can do a lot of that word of mouth, right? Um, as you get bigger and have more, I would say, teams in the field, you need to kind of equip and empower them to manage themselves, but they also, you know, as a, as a partner, I want to be able to kind of understand, hey, what, where are we at? What's going on? Right. Um, what's the, what's the, what's an early indicator where you, it, it starts to show you, oh, there's something breaking down here because you got you, the team is too big, or there's people that aren't organized enough are in there. What are some indicators that you have seen uh, that are kind of warning signals? From my perspective, um, I think we see slippage, right, on due dates. On, on, yeah. And where the staff is just a little lost, to your point, Mike, on those planners. <laughs> I, I would agree with Lori. I think the early indicators for us is we're not, we can see the time being spent, but we're not seeing the deliverable necessarily match up with the time. You know, so for us, that's indicating you know either they're they're spinning their wheels a little bit too much and maybe need some direction or should be asking a question. Um, and are, you know, kind of lost or, you know, so that's where we need to kind of step in and, and sort that out. Or there's something that's not clear as, in regards to the expectations on that engagement, right? Right. Um, either, the, either the due date, what we're trying to do, what the client want. Um, you know, I think that's where we're, we realize we, you know, we've got stuff that we needed to, to get ahead of. Gotcha. Uh, let's start, Lori, the question here of, how, can you name a time where you, you've kind of felt you've reached a plateau uh, and that you were kind of stuck and you weren't quite sure? How do you get off of that to the next level? Oh, from a, from a company perspective? Yes, definitely. We, we, I think it was right before, we were probably at about five people. Mike, I think you were even with us at this time when we were looking to say, hey, we need to grow to just 10 people. Let's, let's, let's make that our goal, you know? And how do we do that? Our biggest tough time is really, do you find the client work first or do you find the really good people first? You know, it, it is hard if you go out and we hire some great people, but we don't have client engagements to pay these great people, or we get this wonderful opportunity to a client, we have no staff. So it, it is always a very much of a chicken and egg kind of thing for us. And, and it was in, I think collectively we all sat down and said, okay, we're going to get to 10. And then we, and we pushed and we really hired and then, the, and we got some calls and we made it work. And then we went up another, let's get to 15, let's get to 20. Um, 
and so it's a consistent um, approach, but, but I think our plateau was really before that 10, it was like, oh, we're never going to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> it is a little bit of a, it was, that was a fun time actually <laughs> making, looking back on that. Obviously the people are, are truly what makes <clears throat> the company and the brand yeah. itself. What would you say though? Just last question here, looking at um, over, over the years, what's, <clears throat> what makes you the proudest um, of your brand and what you built? I think from my perspective is that um, starting when we did and and stuff that the, what we've been through, I guess, in, in building this company from beginning and even under a different name and converting into Cooper Richards, I think is I'm very, very proud that I think we're very well known. I think from even from companies here in Denver, big and small, but also from all the external audit firms, they they know that if we are partnered with that company, they're going to get quality work papers. We have a good reputation. I think that's probably our reputation. It takes, you know, one bad thing to ruin our reputation. It takes a long time to build it. And I'm very proud that we've been able to sustain it for as long as we have and continue to do that with our the people that we have right now. Well, thank you so much, Mike and Lori, for sharing your insights and the journey that you've been on. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. It's fun. For more info, go to podcasts.bigtime.net and be sure to subscribe to the Big Time Podcast to get notified when our next episode goes live.